0: Signs of the Southland, Monday, January 15th, 2024. Mr. Grant, you attended a outdoor hockey classic in the Queen City this weekend. Care to tell us
1: about it? Yeah, um, I'm a noted AHL hockey stan. Uh, I came up on the cheap seats at the Chicago Wolves game, so it was cool to be in a major league baseball stadium in the middle of January watching. uh, I do love (laughs) me some baseball as well. Um, Charlotte checkers. Good turnout. There was 11,000 people there. uh, Completely full standing room was like five rows deep, um, even in the outfield. Uh, So I'd say they put on a pretty, pretty good event. The weather was clear. If it had been the night before it would have been unplayable slop. So um, (laughs) just because of, consistent rain more than 10 I mean ice obviously you know 32 degrees Fahrenheit but if, if it's 40 you know you still get a pretty consistent um uh, through the mount ma- through the magic of science layer of ice but um
2: how are they yeah, like? uh
1: sight lines were decent uh could have been a little bit higher I think for the standing rooms uh I'm sure that there were certainly some people who paid a lot of money to be behind home plate. I think that was the most expensive seat in the house. I don't think it was necessarily the best. I think it was home played at a baseball stadium, which is further away from the goals. If, yeah, if you're too far first down. First or if, third base would yeah, be, if, you know. Ground, but,
2: ground level where you then can't see the puck over the wall doesn't seem like a great place to be sitting for a hockey game. So,
1: you know, money and cents, all those things. But, you know, for, for paying for the cheap GA ticket, we had to... We had a, a grand all the time. It was unique. I feel like I haven't done a s like yes, trying to go to all the major league baseball stadiums, but I haven't done a truly unique sporting experience uh, in a long time. Maybe since I went to the the Quick Lane Bowl, like it, I don't know. Going to going to volleyball games is great. Oh no, the McCamish, uh women's volleyball game against Pitt. That was probably mm-hmm. the last like ooh sport, different venue, something exciting. I, I, I don't know. Yankee yeah. Stadium's great. Uh, going to MetLife was great, but I've seen enough NFL, MLB games, you know. But it's a shame that Jake
0: isn't an NYCFC fan. You have <laughs> one of these experiences every Is other it? week.
1: Do you Is might it be Really, a shame would, that it's I'm not met? a shame.
2: <laughs> you, you, you could be in Connecticut. They may play a game in Delaware for all you know.
1: Huh. Well, it really yet. gives a, a new meaning to city, <laughs> New York City.
2: You
0: know. <laughs> Speaking Anyways. of beef with certain media apparatuses jack can you you should look, let me back up there was yeah. this thing that developed on twitter or x or whatever the heck you want to call it now uh over the weekend that pitted oklahoma state fans and a segment of georgia tech fans and i only think i, I think i only caught the tail end of it and i'm just very yeah. confused about how this transpired and I'm going to need you as our resident extremely online poster to explain (laughs) it to me.
2: Extremely online is a valid description of me. Uh, And I
1: want to give a little color before you start. Okay. This is something that like, as I don't call on Twitter that much anymore. It's mostly to just like, Check to see if I any have any like group messages or, or notifications. Apparently, this has been brewing for a couple of days, right? This is,
2: yeah, we're like, this okay. is like, it, it's... I don't I really know what's going on here. So. It's tuned down, a little, I think, enough now. But a few days ago, when the coaches' poll rankings came out, uh, Brent Key, he submitted a vote. All the votes are public. Uh, I think it's on USA Today.com, since they run the, the poll. Um, but Brent didn't vote for Oklahoma State in the poll. And he was like one of the only coaches to not include them in the poll, and one of them just got really mad. One of the Oklahoma State Twitter people just got not like affiliated with the university, but just I guess found it funny to post about that. Or it seemed, I mean, it was kind of funny because the the what the thing what he said was it, the the uh, the words were just something about hey, he didn't include it. But the picture was really funny because it was one of those pictures of Brent looking really stoic, looking really Brent-like, and it just said "dumbass" underneath. It's a hilarious image, like truly hilarious. Um, our 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 Twitter fan base did not find it so, and it turned into this very quick, very quickly turned into this fake beef between Oklahoma State fans and Georgia Tech fans, just insulting each other for no reason whatsoever and doing it poorly at that. Like, tech fans not bringing up the correct things you should be bringing up about why your school is better or your football team. It, it was so bad. It was all fake. No one was producing anything funny from it. It looked actually mean at points. Like, n- none of it was comfortable. We have our laurels. Like, we basically invented the—we didn't invent the Ford pass, but we have the guy that did. Uh, We've got Ford addies. We're fine. We're fine. Things are on the up and up for us. We do not need to be combating with schools we have nothing to do with whatsoever. We are not touching Oklahoma State in anything unless we go to an NCAA title or something. Like, that's it. Um, I say all this. If we, if we look pathetic. We look pathetic in the end. This is the problem. Is tech Twitter revealed it is not? Uh, It's not great. We're not good at it. We just just, we just aren't. Some There are some accounts that are, but the ones that got involved were not. Um, I say all oh, this, j Bat. This would be a really good time to schedule Oklahoma State for a home at home. That might be really good. Um,
1: it, it might be really quite, good. It sounds to like two dozen people. I, I, I don't,
2: I, know. I don't. I It might be good. We got. We got. We got scheduled in twenty twenty seven to twenty twenty eight. We got. We got room in the schedule. Not, it'd be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> it's not so, like they're yeah. playing
0: bedlam anymore. So no, it's that's not, not open.
2: It, it, yeah, like there was nothing. It was all fake. If, if someone wants to redeem this, please post something actually funny. Do a good meme about their about uh what's their head coach's name i forgot his name
1: mike gundy uh, mike, oh my mike god there's so yeah. much
0: that you can do about how do we gundy? not
2: like there was not like we could have like the gut if we did memes of gundy and key this would have been great and and may not wholesome but at least would have been funny it was the opposite it would definitely so,
0: not have been wholesome it would absolutely not have been
2: that's why no, that's why i, I backtrack very quickly uh but this was bad please don't do this again georgia tech twitter do better
0: it, would, it will inevitably happen again. Let's be clear. Here's my policy. Number one, don't tweet. Number two, don't tweet at Crutes. Number three, especially <laughs> don't tweet at Oklahoma State fans. Number Part three has been recently added.
1: It's been bumped up above don't tweet at UCF fans. No, 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 no.
0: Always tweet at UCF fans. That That's funny. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Central Florida which, Golden Knights fans. Which,
1: give them their laurels. Didn't they smoke Oklahoma State this year?
2: They did. Which no, is Oklahoma. probably Oklahoma. why. The... Oklahoma, not Oklahoma No, State. it was
1: Oklahoma State, I thought.
2: It was one of them. Who cares?
0: Hey, no, this <laughs> matters <laughs> for the context of the pick. <laughs> Hold on. Oklahoma I'm State.
2: i to shove Oklahoma State out of our yeah, memory.
0: Yeah, beat... UCF beat Oklahoma State by 42.
2: Okay. They ranked
0: okay. Oklahoma State, by the way.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, that's good. More. That's good. <laughs> Uh, that's, Ugh. that's extremely good stuff. Also, Brent, there's no way in hell Brent Key filled out his own coach's bowl bracket or coach's bowl. Uh, I,
2: maybe ballot. not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that was the there's, whole
1: thing is that they generally don't, but
2: staffers I no Staffers
0: always fill that, those so. out. Yeah. Staffers always fill those out. I have a, I have a pretty good feeling that staffers always fill those out. Anyway, anyway, let's move on to talking instead about Brent Key's uh, voting, voting strategy let's talk about his hiring strategy for his defensive staff Uh, three new defensive hires have been made tyler santucci from duke is now the tech defensive coordinator and linebackers coach jess simpson has been hired to coach a defensive line and kyle pope is now the outside linebackers and edge coach Uh, tyler santucci especially comes pretty highly recommended from Duke, he was the co-defensive coordinator under Mike Elko, who is now the coach at Texas A&M. I think a lot of people raise some eyebrows about Santucci not going with Mike Elko to A&M. Obviously, we don't really have any more information about that. But all, but from what we can gather, both from the, from the stats that we have uh, and from, I guess, what we've heard from uh, other people in and around the industry, Santucci, especially, is the top line, like home run higher of what is a very, very good defensive staff hiring season for Georgia Tech. Uh, Jack, I think you had some notes on this.
2: The only bait thing I have is Santucci has also been at ADM before, so something for up, four, four years, four years, yeah, four, four, years. four, four so In two and, stints. A return visit just, I guess, just wasn't ever in the cards with them. I think once Elko took took the AM job, which is good for Elko. Like, I don't think I think it made it pretty clear that he was going to end up somewhere else after that. So, I mean, he as a, a whole, guy just, just didn't like it. I mean, I I personally the vibes I have not se- I have not sensed anything good in terms of vibes coming out of Texas A and M recently. So I totally understand if that is just not a place you want to be right now. Uh, but between Simpson Pope and Santucci, like, this is good. Like we still need a linebacker coach, I believe is the last or not linebacker. Uh, defensive backs, we're still there's one more hire to come there. Uh, but beyond that, like every no no one said any of these are the vibes are good on this. Like that's all. Like, that's all I really know. I'm not as expert on defensive coaches or anything like that. But all I know is that for the most part, everyone has been like this is good. These are steps, This these are obvious step ups from where we were before.
1: I've been in the like let coach do his job. Um state of mind in terms of like paying attention to potential targets and stuff like that. So I will say the first time I had heard Tyler Santucci's uh, name thrown around was on this here podcast last week when uh, Ethan mentioned it and, and he and Joey yeah, went back, back, right. back a little bit there. So, you know, good, good, good timing on us having them on, I suppose. <laughs>
0: Very, very good timing. Uh, A couple of notes from Ben Tankersley, our fearless leader, who put together a short piece on Santucci. Quote, for those wondering, Santucci employed a 4-2-5 defense that featured a stand-up rush end at Duke. Uh, I would be interested to see if he opts for more of a 2-4-5 model that uses two stand-up linebackers in place of traditional defensive ends. Quote. So, a lot of interesting schematic stuff, I, I think, available there. Um, tech's defense over the last, at least as long as Jake and I have been fans, has evolved a lot. So there was some three-man fronts in there, some four-man fronts in there, whatever the hell Jeff Collins was doing. You know, Not a lot of defending in that era, but but you sort of get the point, right? It, it's been fluid. We Tech has been willing to show that it doesn't necessarily have a dogma when it comes to that side of the ball. So I'm I'm interested to see what they'll put together. Um, just some stats from Saint alone season as Duke's defensive coordinator. Um, the advanced stats specifically allowed minus 0.04 EPA per play overall. That ranked 38th in the nation. Uh, against the pass, they allowed just. epa per play that was 52nd in the nation and then against the rush it was negative 0.07 epa per play uh, 25th in the nation so really really good really really good output here um I, i find that being in that top half to top quarter of the nation kind of bracket there really a a good sign early on. I think Tech and Duke's defensive talent or like defensive recruiting level is probably effectively equivalent. Maybe Tech edges them out slightly, but he's getting a lot of output out of a similar caliber of player. Um, So I'm interested to see how his tactics at Duke translate over to Tech's personnel.
2: Yeah, I mean, there was... For the most part, we've been kind of at the level playing field of Duke. We kind of played down to their level in the in the past few years, but the, a lot of what that these alcohol teams looked like is they got a lot of production out of what they had to. Like no one thought that they were going to be big old barn burners or anything like that, and then they just kind of rose up and became legitimately a legitimately good team against legitimately good opponents for a, a while before uh, Leonard got hurt. So, um, yeah. yeah uh,
0: it's going to be. I, I mean, this is a, an almost an entire defensive staff turnover, right? Or I think literally the entire defensive staff has been turned <laughs> over. And I think
2: the primary folks, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think we've been talking in our writers' room a little bit about how it at least shows that Brent understands what the problems are and is willing to make changes to that end immediately, right? And cycle guys. Out. And I think we saw this with Kevin Share being elevated to DC in the middle of the season and Andrew Thacker taking a more, uh, back-end role, right? We, there, he's showing more willingness to change and solve problems more quickly than the time scale that a previous regime was on. So, um, we'll, we'll see how it works, right? We're, we're talking about this free, not necessarily post.
2: Right. I'm looking at the, uh, just the, the staff directory page on rambling And at the bottom of the football section, Tavares, Tilbin, and Andrew Thacker are still listed, but there are no positions listed for them. It's just their names.
1: Maybe they'll go That's teach like, Calc or something.
0: That'd be real high school football heritage, right there. It's possible. It's possible. The last note on football: Dylan Leonard, uh, tight end, senior tight end. Excuse me, played in the Hula Bowl. I think that was this. Was this that?
2: Yeah, was it a couple days ago. Last week. Yeah, a couple days ago. Interesting.
0: I don't know if we have any. Do we have any stats on that? Did, did Rammerock have anything on that?
2: They did not, actually. Um, I think he did all right. I don't want to say. I don't, uh, so let, let's see if anything hits here. No, nope, there's nothing here. Nope. Um, um, uh,
0: let's move on over to Ken Byers Tennis Complex, shall we? Let's talk about men's tennis first. They were at home for two matches this weekend. Won a 6-1 win versus Brown to open their spring schedule. And the second, a 5-2 win versus Alabama. Let's start with that win versus Brown. Doubles went pretty well. Tech beat Brown on both on two of the three courts. Uh, Marcus McDaniel and Keshav Chopra are your season opening of court one pairing. They defeated Alex Finkelstein and Shun Lam 6-1. And on court three, Andres Martin and Krish Aurora defeated Alex Kung and Brian Chong 6-3. Gabrielle Brancatelli and Richard Biagati versus Xander Bravo and Noah Hernandez were uh, were at 5-3. And that match went unfinished because the other two finished first. On the single side, Martin Chopra, Brancatelli, Biagati. And Sakdev, so that's courts, one, two, three, four, and six, finished up, uh, wrapped their days up with the wins. The only match dropped was Krish Aurora versus Chun Lam. Either of you have any thoughts on this opening game? Any Anything you saw that was interesting?
2: There was a funny moment in uh, Andres Martin's singles match where he there was a call with the ref, uh where he thought a ball was obviously out. This is I think it was early in the first set. Um, he thought it was obviously out. He didn't catch that the umpire, uh, called the ball in, and his opponent, who's who was who was he playing? Uh, Alex Finkelstein didn't say anything about it either. And so he made he just, he got he got very overly demonstrative about calling a ball out when a ball was out, and the brown guy didn't even do it. The brown player didn't do anything to. Help his case either. So there was just some funny mind games there, and seeing Andres maintain victory. I mean, it, it co- I think it cost him that first set. Like he was the mind games got to him, and then he cleaned up and obviously didn't lose a, a game for two more. Only lost one game for two more sets, but that was just funny to see. Beyond that, uh, pretty is it it's a pretty easy one? Uh, we, we clearly were overpowering them on all fronts. So
0: let's move on to that Alabama game, Jack. You were there in. Person, but before we hear your take, I just want to get through some of the highlights of the scores here. Uh, McDaniel Chopra was the court one pairing again versus number 25 in the nation pairing Philip Planensek and Andre Zimnok. Uh, That was a 6 3 win for Tech. Uh, And Andres Martin and Chris Aurora again on court three defeated Matic Dimic and Rowan Jones, 6-1. Stingles, Tech picked up wins from Andres Martin on court one, Keshav Chopper on court two, Marcus McDaniel on court three, and Rowan Sakdev on court six to wrap up the match. Not a lot of interesting stuff on the top end of the score sheet, but I think you saw some very interesting match play while you were there, Jack.
2: Yeah, this hung. Between us, winning five two, us maybe losing four three. Like this could have gone a lot of different ways as the as the afternoon developed. Um, doubles went really well. Um, also, I'll note these these rankings are definitely not like up to date because they haven't they haven't updated the individual or doubles rankings since November, um, and neither none of our guys our main guys are listed because they weren't playing ITA stuff in the fall, as we mentioned when they got stuck in Tunisia. We think we don't actually know for sure. Uh, so eventually Martin and er, er, McDaniel, McDaniel and everyone else will get ranked, so I wouldn't hold too close on these rankings. Uh, singles was crazy, though. Uh, Keshav Chopra's match, they, his first set tiebreak went to 13-11. By the time that set was done, multiple matches had already finished. They have played a long, drawn-out 80-minutes first set. Uh, they came down to court six to win this. Uh, Rohan Sachdev was down 5-4 and a break. And came broke back to get to 5 5 1 at 6 5, and then broke again. Uh, or no, it was this is wrong. It was 6 6. That was it? Five? I don't know what it was. Uh, either way, Sachdev could have lost this and didn't. It was a, that was a really, really big deal. Uh, Martin looked really good. Uh, he came back from down from 5 2 in the second set to win his match 7 5 in the second set. Uh, and then I think if everybody, Barkis, Big Daniel has been the best so far, at least in terms of consistency and high quality and level headedness. He has had his service been fantastic. Uh, he won six, three, six, four right? So fully, fully on board with how he's been playing. Um, I've liked Martin and Chopra. I mean, uh, Martin and Aurora on the third line doubles. They've been, bree- they breezed through this weekend too. So overall,
1: hey, if you can, if you can put yourself in good position uh, to get that first point, that that'd be huge. That's something that really swung a decent number of matches for them. Last year. And if it means putting your number one court singles guy with, with Krish on, on court three doubles, Hey, the all's fair and right in a lineup. Um, yeah. one thing that I kind of took away from your interview with, uh, you know, the the tennis fellows, uh, couple, couple of days ago, which, well, one thing it, they unlocked a memory of the Georgia tech hotel breakfast buffet, but I'm sure that's neither here nor there. Anyways. Um, Seem like their scheduling philosophy when it comes to these out of conference games, at least this year, is you know looking looking for wins because with the ACC, the the strength of schedule is going to be there. They're playing right a lot of the a lot of the top twenty five just kind of because and 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 in past years, you know, getting an Auburn, a Tennessee, a, a Georgia, and a South Carolina or some combination thereof seems to have been like a schedule difficulty to the point of it them, So I'm I'm kind of excited to see them say, hey, you know, Alabama, a couple good wins last year, but 12 and 15, maybe a little bit more um, handleable than a, you know, an SEC East team, if you will. So I, I yeah. think this is a, a brilliant well, move to start the season. We've seen UGA a lot in this Monday MLK Day start, and it, it's been a little bit of a tough sledding. So I, I think this is a nice, nice uh, scheduling
2: you say that, combo. You say that we still have to go to Pepperdine. Like they still scheduled. They, did, they didn't schedule just a couple kicks there. Kevin oh, gets, yeah, yeah, no,
1: I, did, I didn't mean to imply that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Kev, yeah. Kevin did say, he's like, yeah, they he was in charge of the schedule this year. And he's like, yeah, you get some of the local ones, but you still try to get some good wins in there for ranking points and stuff like that. Because you want to host, that's their goal. So.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: My only note from this weekend of tennis is that one of Alabama's players is named Matias Ponce de Leon, and I'm honestly <laughs> disappointed that Georgia Tech didn't recruit him.
1: Yeah, no, we we kept our our focus on John Midtown, sorry.
2: Yep, John Midtown.
1: John Midtown and James Peachtree, of course.
2: Dan Buckhead?
0: No, 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 no. specifically not Dan Buckhead.
2: Oh, oh. Uh, Martin Bankhead?
1: Yes, there we go. (laughs) Ken College Park. Ken College Park.
2: Anyways. Uh,
0: move on. We need to move on before we start naming other suburbs. (laughs) Uh, women's Tennis. Women's Tennis was at the Michigan Invitational. Um, An incredibly stacked weekend for them. I think we have in our sheet, there's just a billion matches. It's hard to keep track of what really was going on, and the schedule's hard to read. So I didn't want to have a very condensed highlight of what uh, what happened.
1: I've spent uh, a number of years summarizing this particular tournament and it was always something i struggled with honestly to to, you know go behind the curtain a little bit just because there is so much going on it's three days they're all playing different teams how do you even start to parse through that i think uh kind of high level uh it's pretty straightforward to just say that it did not start well protect day one um dare i say a you know, let, let's not. Parse I'm, I'm looking at it. An I'm 0 for it. 8 single showing. Yes, Carolina played the number one. 15 player. Uh, There's one. One? Yeah, Sh- Sh- day one.
2: Sarah Sh- Sh- Burra beat uh, Bailey Shanihan from Michigan in three sets. That was the only single uh, that was on, on one. On day one? Oh, yeah. The, 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 oh, sorry.
1: I was on Jackets continue the Michigan Invitational. Ohio State 0 for 8, though. That, oh, uh, that was not Woo. super. Uh, Super, super, super stoked. And then... Uh, we're close day... on a couple
2: of these. Like, Shara Burrow lost 10-7 in a third set tie break, and, and Mira uh, just, just lost 11-9 in her third set tie break. So we were right on the edge. Right on the edge there.
1: Day three, though, uh, doubles. That was... Um, they got uh, four pairings against Michigan and four pairings against Ohio State. Tech did go uh, a total of... Uh, five for three or five for eight uh so five and three that's not so bad uh that's a a way to i suppose um you know claw it back just a little bit um yeah trying to be you know (laughs) trying to be positive about it but singles not a great start um that that said i'm pulling up the the rankings for ohio state and michigan because i I do want to get them right the first time i quote them uh, Michigan, number five in the country. Uh, Ohio State, number 14. Like, that's
2: not... Yeah. Uh... They're in that tier above. They're at me. We're right, but yeah. that's clearly a tier above there. I, I did Some of the uh, team was at the men's match today, and I did overhear a few of them. Uh, basically, the best way to describe it is they is it was a humbling experience, is how they put it. So, uh, better, I guess, to start with this than it was at the end. end? Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah. There's a lot of season left. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of season left and, and, uh, not a lot of basketball season left, uh, section 103 though, is the best place to get Miles Kelly NIL jerseys. Um, and of course other things, you know, Georgia tech, uh, basketball, welcome to the thriller dome. Love all those, uh, love all those designs, but in terms of, uh, terms of men's basketball and women's basketball, check them out for, uh. Buzz with the ball. I I'm on the record. I love uh, Buzz doing uh, esoteric things, uh, and Buzz with basketball is certainly uh, among them. Section103.com uh, and at Section103 on Twitter, perfect place to find Section103 and get uh, some of their their great stuff out there. Free shipping on orders over seventy bucks every day, always.
0: Can't believe he's stolen my thunder with another transition yet again. I'm personally disappointed in my own performance, and I will strive to do better. No one will podcast better than I will over the next couple weeks of the season. (laughs) Let's talk about men's basketball. Let's talk about men's basketball. I believe it was a five-point loss to Duke at Cameron Indoor. I think, Jake, when we talked about this a little bit earlier in the weekend, our conclusion was this is effectively the same old story whenever literally anyone other than Duke or anyone playing Duke plays at Cameron. Um, a a good showing. I don't want that to get lost. It was a very, it, it was high effort. It was high octane. It was high quality. Maybe debatable, but like it, it was a very very good cohesive team effort in this game from Georgia Tech. Um, they at, at times they kept Kyle Filipowski in in, in check. Uh, but i think between the free throw advantage that duke had in the first half and a and a recurring nagging turnover problem for tech um, it just kind of turned into too little too late by by the end of it and and to be fair they i think by at a certain point they were up by like 8 points right we were up right 10 around on the second five.
2: half yeah, yeah
0: like yeah. real late in the second half it just you know it, it, between fouls and turnovers and all the usual late like late game mistakes for a young team it, it just ended up being a typical
1: game at cameron yeah and and i do want to say um you might look at some you know high level numbers and whatnot Philipowski did score 30 um but it wasn't a particularly efficient at times, ten- they kept them in check at times yes. Ten, yes. 10 for 24 field goals but a four for five from uh from beyond the arc by uh, their center. Yep. Not really what you want. Um, 12 points for off of three by a college center is dare I say, pretty unusual. Um, you guys can, can pick and and, and pull at that if you want, but um, yeah, he, he had 13 rebounds all on the zone. He's he's a big guy. He uh, really contributed there in terms of um, both sides of the stat line. and And I don't know. I, I'm on the record saying this almost every other week. I hate complaining about refereeing, but it's it's just a known thing. Like pe- teams don't go into Cameron Indoor Stadium and expect to, you know, a, an an easy sled there. And and it really was free throws, at least in in my humble opinion, that kept Duke oh, hanging awesome. around in the first. Tech did go down, um, pretty deep. I I think it was. 10 points, uh, about halfway through the first. And and then they just basically put on the clamps from there. The rest of the, the rest of the first half, um, Duke was, was pretty limited from actually shooting and, and more captain based on many trips to the line. Uh, I think overall, um, 11 for twenty for three, that's real solid. One of the better performances we've seen, uh, from Georgia tech there, uh, overall field goal percentage, uh, Fifty-four-five, no, no complaints there. Free throw shooting could be a little bit better, um, but eight for twelve, you know, four misses. out. you know, it, 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 it's 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 nice. a percentage Sorry. that doesn't look super great, but they also didn't take a ton of free throws either. So, right, meh. um, yeah, it, it's tough to to lead late. I know that kind of you know, it sounds like a moral victory to say, but Georgia Tech already beat Duke once this year, and was going for a sweep i don't think we've been able to say that in the entire yeah. time that i've been associated with this school so um you know that's that is a moral victory if there was one i personally did think there was a shot that tech could be four in conference coming into this game and now they're they're one and four after five but i don't know that's why you play the ball games i, I think uh notable improvements uh this game nathan george uh mm-hmm. had 17 points miles kelly um People uh, and you know, much as ink has been spilled about his potential to go to the NBA last year, came back. Um, he had 16 points uh, this game. He's even before kind of turning it on. The last couple games, uh, he had been averaging about 14, and I think he was about 15 last year. So um, good to see him kind of you know producing at a clip. And I think, dare I say, if Tech plays particularly on the defense uh, defensive side, the way they played this game, uh, going down the stretch, they'll they'll be in a lot of ball games and. First year, new coach. That's about what you can expect. Reinforcements are coming. I don't know. Um, well, Do we want to go into the historical bit straight away? Or do you guys want to talk about this game? Because oh. I've got some commentary about got, the rest of the season prognostication. Did
2: I got know? a little bit. Just that, okay. a, a, reemphasizing, yes, Nathan George was great. Uh, 17 points is a career high uh, in his young little career here. So this, is the, this was the first real, like, okay, really seeing what Nathan's made of kind of game. So That was really fun to see. Uh, but yeah, it was a airy, ebby, flowy back and forth. We were down 10 in the first half, tied at, tied at the end, went up 10 in the second half, and then ended up not finishing that. But uh, first half free throws, we had attempted four. Duke attempted 19. And they sunk only 13 <clears> of them. So they didn't even shoot particularly well from the line as well. Filipowski was 5-9 and nine from, the, from the line in the first half. So yeah, there is a lot of ways where... You could definitely say we should have had the lead here. Uh, Duke was only 11 of 31 uh, from you know, from from the field. Like we were holding them cold for a lot of stretches, and they had Proctor back in this game. Like like a lot of why we, a lot of what people credited our win to was Proctor getting hurt early in the game at home, and then not playing at all the rest of that game. They they had their full they had their squad this time. Uh, but yeah, defensively, this was an effort that we had not seen at this level for this long. Uh, from the team against this high against this high quality of a team. So I hope that maintains. Um what our starters were on the court, they uh were a positive. They of the ten minutes they played together the original starting five, uh, we outscored Duke by three. So uh we're still trying to figure out that fifth spot. Gapari started this game. Uh DeWina hasn't started in a couple of games, so we're still trying to figure out who that fifth guy is. Uh but at least in this case uh Gapari was the guy that seemed to work. So,
0: also got a rare Amari Abram sighting, or I guess rare yes. now. Uh,
2: he had the flu. Yeah, he had the flu. Yeah, people were wondering if he was on the team. He's on the team. He just had the flu and was sick for a while. So,
0: probably hate for to the see best that he, yeah, probably for the best that he stayed away for a couple of weeks, but he's back. So,
1: another another thing you kind of hate to see, um, Tech playing their annual away at Clemson match on a Tuesday night. Uh,
2: I think and- this Nine is one o'clock. that has a lot of
1: drive up potential for a Friday, Nine Saturday, o'clock. Sunday game. No, no, no. I mean for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday game. Uh, okay, yeah. I feel like we play it midweek a lot, which just kind of bums me out a little bit, but, yeah, um, it is a 9 PM game. Uh, that would be Tuesday night. ACC network. Uh, Georgia tech plays at 6 PM on Saturday, uh, versus Virginia. I, I don't think I, <laughs> I've seen Georgia tech beat Virginia in my association with the team either. So, um, have the opportunity to do something neat against a good team uh two good teams this week so um like we said, defense travels so hopefully they can hopefully they can keep it up uh kind of taking a left turn into season prognostication uh one way I was going with uh kind of my my thought about keeping teams in games uh the the kind of segue out of that was you know it just takes three or four games in march playing well uh getting hot uh to to make a tournament even if you're not uh, necessarily playing as an at large earlier in the year um we received a listener question uh and, and of course our emails and, and our various ways to contact us are always appreciated but we received a listener question um uh, really asking about um annual trends in game results uh, specifically you know of course there's a non-con season in uh, november december for the most part but does georgia tech tend to i guess uh Bottom out or or have a trough in uh, in January before coming back up uh, in February and March. Honestly, that feels like what's going on right now. Uh, but uh, I thought it was an interesting question, so I dove into our data set, and really, what I found is the answer is yes, but um, yes, Georgia Tech basketball does um, kind of bottom out in January, a, a three eighty two win clip uh, under coaches Hewitt Gregory Passner, and and so far, I guess. Not Stoudemire because this year's not done yet. Um, but uh a 382 win clip uh in January, a 388 win clip uh in in February, so ever so slightly higher. Interestingly, as high as five seventy uh in March. I, I suppose a couple uh a, a tournament runs uh will go uh and and do a part there, but um Yeah, I I thought it was interesting that, yes, but a very, very slight uh, increase and better. Maybe it's more of uh, our collective feelings in terms of, oh, maybe the team's playing a a bit better in February. But uh, curious for for your guys' thoughts.
0: I think for me, it's just anecdotally, this part uh, that anecdotally, they get a lot of hard games early on in the ACC schedule, too. And. And the ACC is a difficult conference to play in. It does; it's not really going to get. I mean, it will get a little easier just based on the scheduling model once Stanford, Cal, and SMU uh, come into play. You might not see Duke or Louisville. Well, Louisville, I guess, is a cakewalk
1: now. But <laughs> I wish yeah. we got Louisville.
2: Hey, we lost I, to them I, last year. Don't forget. I'm mixing up my sports? Ooh, but the fun fact, fun the, fact, the UNC Louisville,
1: Louisville has not missed a postseason tournament for three years in a row which is currently what's happening uh, since 1944-45 season through 1946-47 season. So this is unprecedented Louisville that we're currently dealing with. But I get, I get your point there.
0: Yeah, Imagine but I, I think with the, the schedule, I guess where I'm going with this, is it'll be interesting to see how three more teams in the conference change the scheduling model and then right. change yeah. how tech performs with that scheduling model in mind.
2: Yeah, right? anywhere because from... When you- anywhere from one to four games combined against Duke and North Carolina is that is a surefire way historically to not win games. So.
0: Yeah. If you take, if you take one of the games from uh, away from uh, playing Duke, like one of the Homer away legs, one of the UNC away legs, one of the, I don't know when Syracuse was good. One of those away legs, right? Like when you start, trying to slot in Stanford and Cal and SMU in this schedule. And we obviously still haven't, I don't think we've seen a basketball scheduling model yet. No, we haven't seen
2: it. All we've got is football still. Everything else is still under wraps.
0: The way that the the basketball scheduling model works right now, it's double round robin, right? It's super easy. It's super, it makes a lot of sense. And then you're going to start getting into the NFL style weirdness or the NBA style weirdness next year. So yep. we'll just have to see how these trends evolve with um with that scheduling model changing. And I'd also actually be interested in seeing like seeing the breakdown of how like when Syracuse and Pitt and them enter the conference in 2013, what the split between those two eras is. Right. you, you so you can compare and even across scheduling models, because I know that we we've only recently, relatively recently, changed to the double round robin. So, yep. just trying to slice and dice and see different avenues, I, I think would be
2: interesting. Yeah, for me, it's like we just play the ACC. We're not playing cupcake games in January, so that 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 makes this unless so you draw obvious. Louisville. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's what makes I, I the hunch is great. This is a good hunch, like obviously. It's harder, but in the end, it's like obvious to me that this should be the case. I mean, considering how the schedule always has panned out historically. So like, I assume for football, it's kind of similar, like, like October, November probably should be lower winning percentages than September. Um, So.
0: I don't know. It it was a good, uh, it's a good data exploration, right? Like it's an awesome question. And I think this is why we ask for these questions. Right, because it leads us down these paths to think about think about these historical trends a little deeper. So uh, keep them coming, keep these questions coming.
2: J Bat, we need you to flip the schedule so that we can even out our month by month record. If you if
0: you would, <laughs> please. We should play. We should play all, all of our easy games ahead of
2: time. I mean, we kind of did that. We I, well, I, we didn't try. It worked out that we beat Duke in December, so. What that they should in, do
0: is they should move the NCAA tournament to November and then just yes. put Tech in it every year. And then yes. obviously Tech would go 1,000th in every single NCAA there tournament.
2: Again. I like this thinking.
0: Correlation and causation, of course. Truly, truly remarkable. Let's flip to the other side of Zelnai Practice Center. Let's talk about women's basketball. They beat... Clemson. I believe that was like a 3 point victory. I don't have it in front of me. Yes. Uh,
2: that was 8 8 actually. Uh this one
0: was a uh, a weird game. Uh you have it as a very very normal basketball game, but if I remember correctly while following this online. Uh I mean
2: it was just I, I say normal not just like a little bit of everything happened. Uh, we won seventy to sixty-two, so we, we beat a team we should have beaten. So that was that was the good thing there. Kara Duds scored nineteen points and eleven in the first quarter in the fourth quarter, uh, to get this done. Uh, yeah, they our defense is still not all the way there. I think is kind of the moral of the story here. Uh, also that Tony Morgan played with cramps, so we saw a lot of Sidney Johnson in this game that we usually wouldn't get. Uh, but yeah, Amari Robinson was a big time player for Clemson who was made made life difficult for us. Uh, but by the time by the time we got through the, we were what we were up eight after three quarters. So the fourth quarter was thankfully another one of those where we could play from ahead, uh, and keep keep the pressure on our opponent. Uh, we were mostly leading this whole game, which is a good thing. I think that's a rare thing we haven't seen. We beat Pitt by ten the week before, and then won this game. So it was a third straight ACC win, which was not a thing I totally saw coming with this team, at least compared to last year. So I'm glad we had that. Uh, Tony had, and then a- the
0: train hit a screeching halt.
2: North
0: Carolina
2: playing. They played Duke. That's kind of all I want to say from that. It was terrible. Like it was. They were. They terrible. were technically
0: there. You know. They were they, there. They, they arrived. They were playing what resembled basketball at Cameron Indoor, and that is about all of the analysis I think both of us could. All three of us think, sir, actually.
2: Here's arrived. the here's the deal. Uh, we lost eighty four to forty six. Duke scored 48 points in the second half. Yeah, uh, I will. Okay, I at least want to make the note here that uh, Ariana Turmish, our freshman center, was actually really good. Uh, she was the leading three-point scorer for Tech. Uh, she had two threes. Uh, she does have range, like she has showed this often the times that she has played, and she has sunk threes before. This is only this was her third and fourth of the season, but when she's coming to games, she's given and had that look. She's taken that look. Uh, she played 26 minutes today. In minutes that usually went to Aisha won Arana. So that's what I'm looking out for in, the, in our next game. Is it does because Porter likes to hold, carry the hot hand. If someone's doing well, they play. Russ earned her earned a starting spot because she was scoring 20 points a game. She didn't score a point in this game, though, sadly. Um, and Termas looked good. She had her jumper going. She was way more physical. She was better on rebounding. And, like everything was better about Termas than Arana has been recently. So I. Not surprised this has happened because Arda has seen less and less playing time so far. Um, ultimately, this team is just the uh, you know how with Kubai and Lautner and all those guys like they just had a real fire like you would not want to stand in their way kind of kind of thing. If you yeah, saw them on the court, yes. this team has none of that. That's the problem right now. I think is there is not the person that can get a fire under these people or just will not stop playing until uh, until they win i have not so like a that. single
0: like a take over the game type of personality I mean, that
2: that hasn't happened i'll say tony morgan probably should be that and she's been dealing with cramps as i mentioned earlier so i i mean it's not her fault that she wasn't able to play as much in this game as well because her body's just not letting her so and obviously their team is being very smart about how much she plays while she's having injury problems at the same time so uh will hopefully be better if we play North Carolina next at home and then we play Boston college at home. So at least, at least we got some home games here. Uh, and then eventually we're going to play Virginia tech. Eventually we're going to play North Carolina state. And those are going to be hard, hard games. So
0: uh, last note from me, tech did not score in the final eight minutes of this game.
2: So. Oh yeah. forgot about that. Carradine was the only one that scored from the field in the fourth quarter for us.
0: Yeah. So a very frustrating defensive performance. I think, um, and I think it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think this is a very weird year for this team. I think we could kind of say that now that we're like right oh, around absolutely. halfway through the season. I it's agree. It's a very yeah. weird, very strange year in terms of some of these results. Um, I mean, it's not that Duke is bad, per se. This was like, I think, like a...
2: No, they've been getting Duke better. team that's like no. right
0: around the 20, like top 25, like right around the 20 mark, yeah. if I remember correctly. But it... it this is just a very it's like an uncharacteristic performance on the other side
2: basically we know has
0: had defensive issues but not to this kind of extent
2: right them and the men's team are very very similar teams in very similar positions in terms of very young it's going to be a couple years before everyone is aged up and on the senior end of everything and they're figuring out how to use all these new weapons together and figuring out how to play defense so
0: they're just all high variants. Yes. It's just, you don't, it's high variance, variance, high volatility. You don't really know what you're going to get game in and game out. And I think that's what makes it frustrating. I mean, on the men's side, that's what made it, that's what's made it frustrating to watch year over year over year. It's you don't really know what team you're going to get every week. I think on the women's side, for years, we knew what team we were going to get every week, right? Um, Defensively solid. Maybe offensively they have some issues, but they have. I guess what the what what you might call gamers right like that will insert themselves into the narrative of the the game take over and and really put tech on the front foot and i think like you said jack this is one of this is one of the first years that they're missing that kind of um that kind of presence or i guess the second year that they're missing that kind of presence Um, and so it'll take some time for someone to separate themselves and, and develop that but it's not like they're doing bad
2: Oh no! I mean, they're still twelve right. and five. Like they're they're thirteen and five. Like they're they yeah. won a lot of games that they should have won. Uh, they started they start they're three and two in the ACC right now. Like they were top half of the ACC coming into this game. A lot of ACC games still have to play, but I mean, they they won they've lost some crummy games, but they've won some good ones too. Um, I think for the most part they just I went, went away from home. It's been a little bit harder for them. They've also played good teams away from home in this stretch for the most part as well. Uh, so but I I. I'm,
1: yeah. I, I I maintain that they really haven't like lost to a team that's worse than them. Yeah, yet.
2: true. Yeah, and I
1: think that's continued.
2: Like, I agree. I agree.
1: They're they're kind of as as advertised at least so far. Like, you got to beat Virginia, got to be Clemson. They're on target, right? Florida State's they, tough. They, like, Absolutely. Didn't Florida State just knock off Virginia Tech, if I remember correctly? They did. Yeah, and we lost two days ago. And we lost like, by 15
2: to them and scored at eighty points in that game <laughs> on the road. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's funky. It, it's absolutely fun, and they come here uh, at the end of the month. So yeah, it it yeah, this team is absolutely on schedule. I would say I'll say that they are on schedule.
0: That's the game that I'm looking at, right? That FSU game. FSU obviously. I, I mean, I guess I haven't looked at their current form, but given how close that game was with FSU and how FSU basically, I think they pulled away within the last two minutes, like that that oh, late in the game, no,
1: halfway through the third, halfway through the halfway third. third. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I think I misremembered it, but in in any case, I think that's the game I'm looking at as a benchmark again, right? How are how have they progressed since the last time they played FSU? Can they close that gap from not being able to keep up uh, from that first game with not being able to keep up for the final twenty minutes? Yep. So, yep. Um I think it'll be. Um, I think that'll be good for us to take a look back and 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 look at look at how this team has progressed. Let's four of our next over.
2: five. Oh, one more note: four of our next five are at home, so this is the time Good. to beef up that that ACC record while we, while yeah. we can.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. Let's flip over, flip over to swim and dive. Excuse me, they were up in Charlotte at Queens yeah. University facing Queens and Gardner Webb. We noted a couple of weeks ago, and I think also last year that Queens is a new D one entrant. They are a D. They were a D two swimming power. Excuse me. Here for Tech though I got kind of nice and nice and quick win over both programs the men put together a 155 to 106 win over Queens and then a 217 to 44 win over Gardner Webb and then versus Gardner Webb on the, on the women's side it was a 167 to 95 win I'm just going to give both of you the floor to tell me how to feel about these results Uh, as the foremost swimming experts in the georgia tech universe
1: that's a little bit uh a little bit kind to me but i'll take it um i honestly forgot and or didn't realize in the first place that the men also caught gardner webb this weekend um we've seen them a bunch of times it's kind of one of those schools that we kind of point to and go like wow Swimming really does do dual and try meets against some random teams, so this year is no different. Uh, I love tradition, and I'm glad that that tradition uh, lives on. Um, Queens really hasn't stepped back too much in terms of going up to to D1. Of course, D1 um, much uh, not necessarily deeper, but those top line swimmers are uh, exponentially faster than 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 the D2. So, um, you know, still being a, a top 40 to top 50, depending on the the time or day uh team is pretty solid. Uh, that's uh it's you know probably one team that have been in that mix for a long time, got bumped out because of that. Um getting wins over um over both programs is, is really good. Uh the men did beat Gardner Webb 21744, as you noted. Um I, I'd be pretty concerned if they lost to them. But uh <laughs> seeing tech uh win by 70 over Queens. A team that, you know, again, top 40-ish, top 50-ish type team, that's that's solid. That's a solid win. Uh, the men have been ranked uh, throughout this year. Actually, I'm going to vamp a little bit while I go see if the uh, uh, top 25 has been released for January yet. But like I said, the men have been uh, ranked in the polls. Um, that January is not out yet, by the way. Um, they've been ranked in the polls uh, as high as 20th. So good to see there. Um, of note uh, the ACC as we've kind of alerted warned et cetera, previously I I think we don't have any regular season ACC dual meets yet uh, left yet but um, in terms of kind of looking forward into into February as we start looking towards ACC's um, I just want you guys to guess how many ACC teams are currently ranked in the men's and women's polls start with them start with the men Seven.
2: Well, here's the problem. I have it open.
1: <laughs> oh. Seven. Nope. <laughs> Ten. It's nine. But do you know how many? How many of the incoming teams are also ranked? <laughs> Two. No, it's higher than that. All
2: three of them. All, all three. three Southern all Methodist three is the...
1: currently number twenty-four in the country. They have forty yeah. points in the most recent poll. So polls. funny. That means that currently, of the top 25,
2: half half are ACC teams. Let me read these out. California, North Carolina State, Stanford, Notre Dame, Louisville, Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Southern Memphis.
1: Oh, yes Notre Dame Notre Dame counts for ACC sport.
2: purposes in this
1: sport. This is such a stupid sport. Oh my god. And and then on the women's side it's 6 uh plus Cal and and Stanford so 8 over Amazing. there with Virginia Tech also um also receiving votes. Oh, also on the men's side Pitt is uh received 5 votes in, oh, in yep, the most go. recent yeah. poll. Look at him go. No one can if you, see this if, but just, if this just, team can I get a if right this now. team can get top 10 in the conference next year, that's a win.
2: Uh, yeah. This is every yeah. Like, this is the same.
1: Top half? Oh my gosh. If either one can do that, that that's incredible. Honestly, I I don't I'm not trying to be, you know, uh ACC. uh ACC and keep in mind, not every ACC team, particularly on the men's side, or at every ACC school has a team. <laughs> Amongst the men, right? just off the top of my head, so that, that's 13 ranked or receiving votes, including me. There's the, no Syracuse. The, the, the they don't have a team. Syracuse doesn't have a team. Miami doesn't have a men's team. Wake Forest doesn't have a team. And Clemson doesn't have a team. That is teams, what, 14, 15, 16, 17? So there's one that I'm forgetting. So Boston College. Boston College Boston is the only good. unranked, not receiving votes team
2: Come on, Boston. that College. exists. Get in here. Get in here. Well, it's good. What a
1: croc. Well, that, that <laughs> Again, top half in that in that is gonna be <laughs> tough sledding. Wow. Yeah, so that uh, is that is a racket. For that. <laughs> that is a
0: racket. Um couple of news and notes as we close up shop before we do some trivia. On the volleyball side of things, Car Bianco, Michaela White, and Darren Sirker are all no longer with the program I think they are all in the transfer portal uh the team is looking for one more transfer to replace smiley Mannang as an outside hitter so um it's gonna be interesting. I think all of that news comes directly from the from the team if i'm not if I'm not uh, mistaken from, jack
2: from uh from the team to me to us so yeah, there you go.
0: We are reporting this live um, and uh, freshman Logan Wiley is a, was a spring admit or a uh, or early or what was I for? was incorrect early
2: last week. Yeah. I was incorrect on this last week. I definitely said she was a fall and then here we are one week later. She's yes. here. Uh,
0: Logan Wiley is an early enrollee and uh, Miss Miliano, who we discussed last week uh, is also on campus. So they will start training this spring. Um, and then we'll, like you said, we'll get some games later on in the spring, probably closer to March and, and April, and we'll be able to see all of these players in action. So I think when we when we discussed this in our writers room, the, the news about um, Darren Surker specifically, I think we were kind of saying it seemed like they had two freshman setters and Suarez and Surker, and just kind of pitted yes. them against each other and saw who was better, and then pick Suarez. Uh, because she I separated mean, herself and then used Suarez yeah. in the two unit and then eventually promoted her to the one unit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Suarez played her way into more playing time and Suker did. So that's uh, pretty simple there.
0: Yeah. So still still looking for that one transfer for outside hitter. And then obviously we've discussed the yep. the Libero opening to death. So um uh, gonna be interesting to see how those two things shake out. Mr. Grant, anything on volleyball from you?
1: Not particularly. Uh, I don't think any of these were silly, all that surprising. Let's
0: move on to track and field, which has made an appearance at yet another Clemson invite tournament. This one was called the Tiger Paw Invitational, or Tiger Paw Invite, excuse me. I have to use its proper name. Uh, any interesting <laughs> results from that,
1: gentlemen? Um, I... I don't want to say no, but they all kind of run together. I think I've got there's one. a couple of podiums. I was going to say I know there's that... a couple of podiums off the top yeah. of the dome, but to be clear,
0: this is track and field. They do literally all run together.
1: Ha! Huh, huh, huh. Man, uh, he got it. No, that's cross country, my guy. They run together. There are eight in a. Never mind. They
2: run together. They run together.
1: I think cross country's better, but anyways, no one asked. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you guys explicitly said no. Anyways, Jack. Uh
2: day one, Lydia Troop. Uh, she had a personal best in first place, finished in the women's four hundred. She ran in fifty-five eighteen. And then Sheila Harris was second in the sixty-meter dash and third in the two hundred meters. So that was a decent first day, uh, second day, uh not much there. that I want to mention. And then finally, as I look at the final bit of it, uh this here, John Watkins got third in the triple jump at fifteen point eleven meters. Uh and then Charlie Smith ran a fourth place in the three th- men's three thousand. And then Grace Marston was also third in the women's three thousand. So we yeah, had some podiums there. One personal best. Uh made Still a long way to go to spring on the front end of the this was this was all indoor as well. Uh so we we'll, we're heading back to the outdoors section pretty, pretty soon
0: that the next appearance for track will be at the Commodore invite. I believe that's in Nashville. Uh, and that will be at yep. the weekend on January 19th. Let's wrap up with some trivia as we always do. Mr. Grant, what do you have for us today?
1: Yes. Um, so Jack requested some Ivy league themed trivia since we played Brown in tennis, uh, which gave me a lot to work with. Um, oh. And gents, um, across all sports, Georgia Tech has played all eight Ivy League schools. Which one have they played the least?
2: The least. I am ruling out Princeton. I am ruling out Cornell. I am ruling out Yale. I'm ruling out Penn. and Brown. I, I'm going to say Dartmouth.
1: And I'm going to say you're wrong. Actually, <laughs> do you have a guess? Harvard. Harvard is actually the most so you're the most (laughs) wrong uh georgia Georgia tech men's tennis has played harvard uh 10 times alone uh that is the most of any of the unique matchups there are 10 men's tennis uh matches against harvard out of the 99 georgia tech has played against the ivy league brown is is the least uh and today's i believe was the hundredth uh it would have been the second uh, our first men's tennis uh, against Brown men's basketball has played Brown once and softball has played them twice. That being said, does anyone have a guess for which of Georgia tech's teams has played the most of the Ivy league? No one has played all eight, but there are two that have played six of the, of the teams.
2: Recency bias has me feeling softball because I know Dartmouth came here and he said Brown has played here. I don't know if for whatever reason we've played the rest of them, but that's that's my only real hunch. But also there's the fact that football is stupid old and every Ivy League football team is stupid old, so I wouldn't be surprised if they've come across each other a few times.
1: Akshay, thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm inclined to say men's tennis since you since you said that there are 99 other matchups between Ivy League teams.
1: Well, I am I'm inclined to say that men's tennis has only combined for nine other matches out of those uh, uh out of the rest of the schools. That's two against Princeton, three against Yale, uh, and and four against Columbia. Again, today uh has not been included in this data set. It only includes completed years because otherwise that would be impossibly hard to keep updated all the time. Uh men's tennis has nineteen uh, matches out of those 99. It's actually men's basketball and women's tennis uh, oh, tied okay. for the most unique opponents. Uh, men's basketball has played uh, Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Harvard, Penn, and Yale Penn being uh, the most at six women's tennis have played uh, a very evenly distributed 11 matches amongst Columbia, Cornell, uh, Harvard, Penn, Princeton, and Yale. Interestingly, uh, we've talked about men representing nine. 19- of the 99 uh, those men's basketball teams represent 16 more of those 99 yet neither of those are the team that's played the most matches against Ivy League schools anyone have a guess baseball it is it is baseball the team that plays the most games has played the most games dang it what a
2: shocker this. oh boy uh,
1: They, they do be they how numbers played... work sometimes they've played nine against dartmouth i believe three of those were relatively recently i feel like yeah. i went to two or three of those um five against yale two against penn two against harvard and four against cornell um men's football has played three against pennsylvania that is it for them uh women's volleyball has played one each against cornell penn and yale for for three alone there that kind of rounds us out there just some fun facts to take us uh to take us out at Georgia Tech all time is 69, 27, and three uh, for a 7 1 2 win clip against the Ivy League. Uh, interestingly, uh, at or above 500 in, in uh, all sports aggregated, Georgia Tech is also uh, above 500 in all but one of the sports against the Ivy League. Do you guys have a guess as to which one that
2: is? Sub 500. Mm-hmm. Definitely not with a sense. Probably not women's, all tennis is, well,
1: women's tennis is women's tennis all time is 909. Yeah, I figured
2: the they would be the best. I figured they'd be probably the best. <laughs> nope, the, they're I mean, not the best.
1: Oh, they're not even they're not, second
2: best. Not even second. What? Okay. No. Um, the worst. Oh, Lordy. Um, it's got to be. Of, well, what's none the sample seem, size here? None of them seem feasible.
1: <laughs> sample size is a good play, actually. Work
0: that out. So it's got to be something with a small sample size, which is possible. It's football football
1: you're giving me a look football's games against penn all came when penn was a huge power um so that 333 win clip being one and two is i'd say pretty pretty respectable rounding out the other kind of things we teased at women's basketball 11 and 0 per my records uh, for a 1000 win clip which is a I mean, 11 is a good sample size. I mean, it's not like, you know.
2: That's great. And also huge that data, can, but for sports, that's pretty good. Considering we can we, never play them again in women's basketball. Like we have to, <laughs> not allowed. Just, no. Finding
0: resolution it. from Congress prevents Ivy League from playing Georgia Tech. Breaking news from the Associated Poll.
1: Second Love highest it. Uh, is uh, softball at a 927, uh, or 929 clip. All right. And that that takes us out. If anyone has any other fun facts that they want to hear about that, let me know. The last one that I personally want to throw in is unsurprisingly, we've had the most games or matches against the Ivy League recently as we've got more teams. The highest number came in uh, 2017-2018 in which Tech went 7-0 and against the Ivy League. So rounds Mm -hmm. us out.
0: Mr. Grant, right. Thank you for facilitating our trivia for the day. I hope everyone has had a great MLK weekend. But gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Let's head home.
1: Yes. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find us at com. You can email us at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, things you want to hear. Uh, sports stats, apparently, uh, that uh, is in, in high demand. So I'm really appreciating that everyone's getting... Uh, some good use out of uh, out of the trivia. You can find us at From the Rumble Seat blog, uh, FTRS blog on Twitter. I've said that so many times. I should get that right every time. Uh, I'm at Jay Grant 98 jacks at Jack Nicholas. You can find Section 103 at Section 103 and section103.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at From the Rumble Seat, and you can find these podcasts wherever fine find podcasts are distributed. Good night, good luck, and go Jack.